0: Welcome to the place where chats, Jesus, and good shenanigans collide. It is the Restored and Reconciled Podcast. I am your host, Selena Cece Owsley. It is episode number two, and I am so honored and so excited that you have decided to pull up listen to this episode. Um, We're going to get into some good things today. And before we begin, I want to apologize. Pastor Mike Todd says it best that we have hot moments, right? Hot moments mean humble, open, and transparent. And I want to be hot. And I want to tell you that I'm sorry. I did not release the episode last week. Um, Life was lifing and I was still dealing with some laryngitis. And so I figured it would be best to hold off until my voice got a little more strength back. And now we're here. So I wanted to make sure that I put out content that was good and that you would be able to listen to and not say, oh, is she all right? Is she sick? Because when you sing and when you do all the talking and you use your voice as often as I do, it can get It can get burned out. Like, that is the one lesson that I've learned in the month of October. Burnout is real. It can happen to the best of us. And if you're not careful, you will tear something up. So rather than tear up my voice and continue to inflame my vocal cords and all that good stuff, I took a week and took a beat. And so we're back. So let's get into it. So we're in episode two, and again, thank y'all to those who have listened, those of you who have liked, followed, shared, did all the things after that first episode. I'm so humbled, and I am so honored that you enjoyed the content, and we want to make sure that you stay liking the content. So let's get into uh, this second episode. We're going to be talking about first things first. And what I mean by that is we are going to be talking about getting back reconciled to God. Because where would we be if we didn't talk about restoration and reconciliation? So today's scripture that I want to highlight as we talk about my reconciliation back to God is 2 Corinthians 5 verses 18 to 20. Now, I'm going to be reading from the Passion Translation. For those of you who are new to God, Christianity, the Bible, all these things. This version is a beautiful version. It's a very modern version. It's like a new it's like one of the newest versions out. The beauty of the Passion Translation is that it really does convey the passion and the love and the pursuit of God for us. And so The Passion Translation doesn't play either. Trust me. If you've ever read King James, New King James, NIV, trust me. The Passion Translation is all the things. So, in the Passion Translation, 2 Corinthians 5, 18-20, reads like this. And God has made all things new and reconciled us to himself and given us the ministry of reconciling others to God. In other words, it was through the anointed one that God was shepherding the world, not even keeping records of their transgressions. And he has entrusted to us the ministry of opening the door of reconciliation to God. We are ambassadors of the anointed one who carry the message of Christ to the world as though God were tenderly pleading with them, directly through our lips, so we tenderly plead with you on Christ's behalf, turn back to God and be reconciled to him." So when I say all of this, when I read all of this, what instantly comes to mind is the fact that I've been saved officially on the books of heaven since January 1st, 1995. I was 14 and um and we're going to get into that that timeline this event is an explosive event in a timeline where i was dealing with some other generational curses we'll talk about that in episode 3 and what ended up happening was this event turned my life completely upside down. I experienced a 180 because, you know, if you do a full 360, you arrive back at your starting point. But if you do a 180, you are making a solid change and you are on the opposite side of where you have started. So I did a spiritual and emotional and mental 180. And I ended up, in the arms of God, committing my life into his hands, and he is now my Lord and Savior. I understood that to a point. You know, when you give your life to God and when you're a PK, that is like the pinnacle for your parents. It's like, yo, you have, we have put this in you. We have taught you this. It's been on and on, and this is great. And so our prayers are answered. Woo! Freedom, salvation, our whole house is saved because I'm the youngest of three. Not only that night was I saved, but my brother, whose birthday it actually was, because his birthday is January 1st, and my sister is the middle child, So, and I'm the last born. On top of that, another family experienced um, new life and salvation in their household, Because my sister's god sister, Wendy, ended up also with us that weekend. She flew up from Georgia and we all went to this church service we weren't supposed to go to. We were supposed to go home after our watch night service. But we changed our minds, ran down the street and ran right smack into Jesus. Got saved, rolled around in the floor. They got us up, got us baptized by water. And we tarried at that altar until we spoke in other tongues. And one thing about it, it was life-changing. I never looked at life the same again after that night. But one thing that I can honestly tell you is, when you are that age, I was 14, I wasn't gonna be 15 until that August of 95. That's a whole... You got a whole full-grown adult Holy Ghost in this teenage body. There are things that I just did not experience until I was an adult because I was saved. But, and again, episode three, we'll talk about this. There were some things that this... Landed right in the middle of that kind of helped with where I was but it made that fight even harder but I thank God for the way that all of this turned out because I began to read my word I began to understand the things of God it was like the Lord began to just unlock mysteries because that's what Holy Spirit does He's not only a comforter but He holds all the mysteries. The Bible tells us that He literally prays for us when we cannot even pray. When we don't have words, Holy Spirit has the words. He gives groanings and utterings that nobody understands but the Lord. And He does it on our behalf. So even when we run out, even when we can't make a sound, even when all we can do is cry, and we can't even form a word, we can't even say, Jesus, If you have the gift of the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit is going to speak for you when you can't speak for yourself. That was a necessary tool for the fight that I was in at that point in my life. So I was going through at one point in my 20s, because as soon as I got out of this, I ended up thrust into a crazy cycle that involved me battling with multiple spirits, I ended up dealing with perversion and all this other stuff that took me through the rest of my high school career. And I had to really lean on the Lord. And now that I'm older, there was a lot of stuff that I could have avoided But I was so busy trying to keep up appearances and all these things. And I should have just kept it 100. Or as my girl Gabby says, you know, keep it a buck. And just say what I needed to say and feel what I needed to feel. And literally, truly, sincerely release it to the Lord. I will tell any new Christian, when you find yourself saved and you're dealing with generational curses, you're struggling with soul ties, all these things, please know that the Lord, when you reconcile your life back to God, he's telling you, come to me. I will deal with that. I can walk you through that. But I need you to trust me. I need you to lean on me. I need you to depend and rely on me. And I will get you through it. But you got to come to me. So what I want to convey to you today is I took time in my 20s, even though I had a period where I just kind of, I tapped out on God. And I was living double life, like in my late 20s, going into my 30s. And I finally got out of that because I had to get rid of soul ties and the whole nine yards. And I was just looking like, I don't know how much of my salvation is left. <laughs> I I did hit this account and overdrawn it a lot of times On from my perspective of looking at the books of my spiritual life. I know I have had made some large withdrawals and the Lord has had to come snatch me out of a lot of situations. He has had to cover my overdrafts, okay? But one thing about it, whenever you repent, whenever you are sincere and you start to turn and make changes, and release old ways you're going to have to fight to stay free. And I understood that to a point but I didn't because I was still out here thinking I was starting to find myself what I now know is operating from a performance based perspective of God and not relationship based. Because I was very much still trying to keep up appearances. I was still trying to please everybody and make them think that I was some super saiyan saint. That I was super saved. And I was out here dotting all my I's and crossing all my T's. And I was a train wreck. Paying ties and everything and still out here. Just wild. And so my mouth was still loose. I was making crazy decisions. I was still out here talking to people reckless. You know, Monday through Friday. Don't upset me. Don't push CC buttons. You liable to get cussed out. And then on Sundays, it was Hikoboshah and Rolling the Floor. Why? Because of the company I was keeping. Because some of the people that I had gotten myself hooked up with. And those things started to alter and shift what I was doing. But I got married. And, you know, shout out to the O's, the Owsies. We turned 10 this month, praise the Lord. And it has been getting married. Ooh, Listen, the first time that I found myself getting re-reconciled to the Lord in a major way was literally the month that we got married. October of 2012, I want to say that first Friday of the month was the 5th of October. Don't quote me on it. But the first Friday of October was about two weeks after My husband had proposed to me. And so we had gone. I had gone to a church service. We ended up doing what we always do on Friday nights is a late night run to Walmart. Yo, can you believe that we could pull up in Walmart after all these years of pandemic? It seems so outrageous that we used to be able to pull up into any Walmart in the middle of the night. And it was totally fine. And so, that's what me and Babe would do. We would pull up to Walmart midnight, one o'clock in the morning, when neither one of us could sleep. He would call me and be like, oh, I'm coming to Grab. Come pick me up, man. Let's go to Walmart, run around. We'll get sleep and go home. He'll drop me off and then he'd go back to uh, his house. That particular night, I got into bed, laid down, and at about three o'clock in the morning, This explosion ripped through my apartment. It shook my apartment. I know it shook that bed. I sat up out of that bed and I heard screaming and it sounded like furniture was being thrown around in the apartment above me. And the one thing I heard after all of that screaming was fire, fire. I got up. I just started throwing on the first thing that was close to me which was a pair of jeans and my orange low quarter chucks. And I called 911 and told those people, yo, I'm hearing somebody upstairs saying it's a fire, send a fire truck, send fire chief somebody to make sure we are right. Long story short, I, an hour after that call, watched everything I owned be destroyed by water, fire, And smoke. And it shook me to my core. Because I had to jump out of my kitchen window. Two stories down. Into a bush. And the grace of it all was. Had I jumped out of my bedroom window. There was no bush. But there was a huge boulder on the corner. And if I would have had to jump out of that window. I took a risk. Of busting my head open on that boulder. And the and the Lord was kind and let me be able to get out of that kitchen window. But in the weeks and months after that, I was like, I saw my life flash before my eyes. I told the Lord, I'm going to, we get married before this month out, and I'm about to start right. And so I rededicated my life to the Lord. I made amends with people. I was doing all this stuff. And a few years later, it wore off. And I was just like, Lord, what is wrong? Like, what is going on? And it was because I wasn't getting fully delivered. I was receiving forgiveness from the Lord. He was giving me grace, but I was not walking in true freedom and deliverance. So what I had to do was really work on getting myself right with the Lord. It wasn't until 2019, after once again, life, life risking, life changing, life threatening event happened. I was injured in a freak accident um, at a local golf course here in the area. Here's what was wild about it. I had a massive scar on my elbow. It was a pretty good size. I saw my life flash before my eyes umpteen times when I was in the throes of that accident as it actually happened. And when the dust cleared, I said, Lord, what am I supposed to do? Like, what does my life look like? I'm sitting here. I have to be laid up at home. I wound up being laid up at home for 23 days. And about on day four or five of that, I was climbing walls because I'm not used to being that still. But I had to be still. And sometimes God will take moments that come up in your life. And I'm not going to necessarily say that the Lord took his hand off me And let this golf cart try to slide me across this crazy grass. But what I will say is this. The Bible tells us that he will make sure everything works out. And it works together for our good. And I learned the strength of that scripture on August 3rd of 2019. He took that event. And out of that event. I had to face some realities number one i had great co-workers but i was alone and i was feeling lonely in ways that i couldn't even put my finger on and i began to cry out to the lord i realized that nobody could come to my rescue at this point but the lord because nobody could address the level of pain and anguish i was experiencing the only person capable of going into that place of pain and loneliness and rejection and fear and anxiety and trauma was God. So, the Lord allowed me to stumble upon a post about a women's online ministry. And I was like, Who? I was like, okay, it's online, I guess, because nobody's coming to visit me i've had a couple visitors like in the first few days but everybody gotta go back to their life my husband can't sit at home with me he gotta go work and pay our bills while i'm down so i'll connect with these women let's see what shake thank you shalonda for posting that post on instagram when i saw her post I was like, okay, wives in waiting, let's see. So when I got into the private group on Facebook, Shantae Truscott, I salute you, my love. Shantae posted a post and she said, hey, we got a bunch of new members here. Anybody need a prayer partner? Raise your hand, we'll pair you up. I was like, okay. I I need a prayer partner, I'm desperate. I need somebody to talk to. I need somebody that's gonna understand where I'm at. Like, this is the stuff that I'm think I'm just like, Lord, I don't know what you're about to do here, but let's do. It. Funny fact about this process was I thought that the person that I got paired up with, I didn't initially see that post. I didn't see that response to me raising my hand in the comments. What I saw after A couple of rounds of payments. I saw this friend request pop up. I was like, who is this woman? She's gorgeous, but ain't nobody that gorgeous in real life. It's a scam. Delete. Denied. I don't want to be your friend. Who are you? When I was more sober, (laughs) I looked and saw that the person Shantae had paired me with was... Omo won me. And it turned out that Omo won me sent me a friend request with the quickness. And that notification came through before Shantae's comment came through. It took us about two weeks. We, I jumped over her security wall that she had, and the rest is history. When I tell you, Mo did more than just become my prayer partner. She literally was my guide. She was my tour guide into all things wives and waiting. When we began to talk and I began to share my story and I began to tell her about my life, we had a lot of similarities, but we had some major differences. But the differences made everything else balance out and the first thing she told me was she told me what programs I needed to be involved in I got in those programs with the quickness I signed up for everything I think the running joke in Wives and Waiting is I'm one of the most graduated members because it wasn't a program I didn't pull up for sign me up I want to be healed, whole, and better and so in that time from 2019 to 2021, I started doing a lot of work that revolutionized my life, me as a woman, me as a wife, and me as a daughter of God, because I started realizing that the women that I was seeing in this ministry, that was a leader, that was a member, these women were whole and heaped. And so, in 2020, we were introduced to... Because by then, I had become a leader. (laughs) We had... By the end of 2019, I was trying to be a leader. By the summer of 2020, I became a leader. Well, I began to hear about restoring the foundations. And I... Long story short, I got signed up. I got what is called thorough format. And it is where you deal. It is a multiple day. It's a 15 hour process. And that is over two and a half, three days. If you hear this message and you want to do thorough format with restoring the foundations, I'm telling you right now, if you don't live alone, get a hotel room because the things that are going to come up are going to be extremely intimate. And I, because of the nature and the different issues that I put forth as what I wanted to get healing and deliverance from, I didn't want to trigger my husband. I didn't want to disrupt my home. I got that good healing and deliverance at that hotel. And I was so thankful. I was able to cry. I was able to do my homework. Um, that I got for RTF in between sessions I was able to just sleep I was able to just feel and cry out to the Lord and that three days was the most incredible experience I've ever had after RTF I began to find myself living out this scripture 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 20. And all that time, what I've come to learn is the Lord will find you and start gently calling you. He's not just calling those who are not saved, those who are far off, those who are uninterested in getting to know God. God is literally calling out to his sons and daughters, who stand afar off, who are ashamed of the mistakes they've made, the sins that have been committed. But the Bible tells us that in verse 19, in other words, it was through the anointed one or Jesus Christ that God was shepherding the world, not even keeping record of their transgressions. He wasn't even keeping account Of the times that we transgressed or we intentionally violated his laws. He was desiring for us to see that he could remedy our need to be reconciled back to him. And I literally can tell you, I know that my life since 2019 was these three, these scriptures where I can tell you. That God was tenderly pleading with me directly through the lips of my prayer partner and other women and wives in waiting. He was tenderly pleading with me through the lips of my pastor at the Reveal Holiness House of God. He was literally pleading through scriptures I read, through the lips of the prophets of old of the Gospels, the letters of Paul. He was pleading with me, and I want to tell you that this podcast might be your 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 21, 18 through 20. You might be experiencing God pleading so gently with you, tenderly pleading, saying, I can fix it. If you're broken, if you're dealing with the aftermath of a torn soul tie, you're dealing with the day after, you're dealing with a sexual addiction, you're dealing with someone violating your trust. If you're dealing with your spouse violating your trust in your marriage and damaging your covenant and your vows, God is pleading with you. He can fix it if you let it. I want you to let him fix it. Be reconciled. Turn back to God and be reconciled to him. That's all he wants you to do. Turn and come back. Turn away from the way that you've been doing things. If it's not supporting your walk of righteousness and holiness with God, turn back. And be reconciled to him. Be reconciled. Be rejoined. Be reacclimated into the ways and the things of God. All you gotta do is pray a simple prayer. And if you want to be reconciled back to him, if you want to answer his tender pleads with you, as you've probably talked to friends, co workers, your pastor, a word that you heard online, conversations and passing, pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Lord, I hear you through this podcast, through the messages I've heard all year, in this last quarter of the year, in this time of transition, Lord, I'm sorry. I want to be reconciled back to you. Lord, heal my heart. Please be my Lord and Savior. I turn from my wicked ways and I want to live the way you want me to. I accept your call to be reconciled and I will live for you the rest of my days and I will become an ambassador for you that other people will come through the doors that you have opened through my life of reconciliation. And I love you. I bless you. And I thank you for another chance. In Jesus name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, congratulations. You are back in your right place. You are back in right standing. You are in the kingdom of God, and heaven is rejoicing because of you making this decision. DM me at Restored and Reconciled Podcast. Feel free to send me um, an instant message on my regular Instagram at cc, which is O L U W A. T-U-N-M-I-S-E. And let me know that you experienced Christ in a new way today. Whenever you listen to this podcast, please know God wanted you to hear it. And He wants you to be reconciled. He wants you to be restored and reconciled to Him. Because this is the place where chats Jesus and good shenanigans collide. This has been the Restored and Reconciled Podcast. And I'm so glad you stopped by to hang out. God bless you. I'll see you next week. Bye.